Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today, we have Chris Rossini for our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Very good. We're going to talk about what's in the news, and war is in the news. I, could, I couldn't believe it. Of course, war, war has been in the news, I think, as long as I can remember, uh, one time, one way or another. It's a sort of a perpetual thing. But, you know, uh, in this particular war in the Middle East, it's going on, you know, with Gaza and, and uh, that area uh, is, is, as far as Americans are concerned, well, they're not too worried because, uh, you, you know, we don't have troops being uh, killed on a daily basis. Uh, I think our consumers and our people and our liberties here at home are getting murdered, but uh, that that's different. And but the people are starting to wake up when they see how much money we've been spent on uh, Ukraine, and they're saying, "Why are we spending a hundred billion dollars in Ukraine? And we could use a little bit of that at home. And if we're going to deal with borders, why don't we deal with our borders?" So people are waking up. But, uh, you know, as, as long as we've been talking about the escalation uh, in, in, in the region, uh, you know, in the Middle East and what's going on in Gaza with Israel, uh, Israel and the Palestinians, uh, it's, it's something that we always assume it's going to escalate. It'll get out of hand. Somebody's going to do something. And I would say this morning was probably one of those days when if, if it isn't totally out of hand, uh, it's getting awfully close. But it's been really out of hand for a long time. The whole foreign policy is out of hand. It's gotten much worse because both Republicans and Democrats basically accept the notion of uh, non uh, They don't accept the, uh, the, the non-interventionist philosophy. They believe that's our duty. <clears throat> we have an empire to uh, defend and that sort of thing. So we have this obligation and we have the hawks that want, want to go to war. We have the military industrial complex that demand we go to war and says, so on, on and on. But when this thing was stirring up, it just looked, you know, we had Ukraine to wor worry about. <clears throat> and then, uh, then the uh, antagonism between uh, the Palestinians and Israel, that, that exploded. And now we have this whole thing that uh, really is alarming. When you look at that picture, and I had that up on one of our programs, I think yesterday, the day before, a picture of all the bases or places where we can shoot missiles out of Iraq. And we've been doing that. And I thought, holy man, I, I was pretty naive. I thought we were sort of trying to end the war over there. But deep down in my heart, I knew it wasn't going to end when we built the biggest embassy of the world ever uh, in Iraq that we were going to stay. So there's a lot of our activity over there, and uh, we've been using it to fire uh, at the Houthis who have been interfering with, with trade and messing around with, uh, with uh, Iran. So this, is, uh, so this is something we ha have been doing, but it is escalating, and uh, this is what uh, we've anticipated that it would. So none of us should be surprised at what's happening. Today, uh, there was a massive retaliation, uh, you know, by uh, those supported by Iran, uh, and, and, they, they, and they turned around and, and started bombing, uh, uh, bombing the Houthis. And so th this is a, a desperate effort to keep this fighting going on. And uh, the one thing that I looked at this morning that I generally do every morning is uh, uh, one way you can tell what's going on in the world, if there's any dangerous thing 
getting worse. And that is, I look at the gold price because the gold, the gold price does tell you something. Uh, it doesn't tell everything because timing is difficult. But anyway, if you see gold uh, jumping significantly, you know the events that we're looking at uh, are very significant. And that's what it was today. You know, the futures market was very, very high, as well as the spot price of gold. And it was a, a big move, which indicates that the people who are trying to figure this out thought that this was very serious. But this is also a good reason for people to think about gold and protection against, uh, you know, these uh, unpredictable events and the predictable ones, ones that eventually come. And, uh, and this is why we do work and partner with uh, Birch Gold Group because that's their business. Their business is helping people to learn more about gold and why gold can be used as, as protection. And uh, th this we've been doing for quite a while, and a lot of people have gotten information from it. But what Birch uh, Gold offer is some free information to get started if you're not already involved. And that is, if you uh, c call the text number uh, on your screen, Ron989898, you will be connected to uh, Birch and they will send you materials. There won't be a charge, but it's to me an, an opportunity to learn more about gold. Some people would say today, well, we missed it. We should have done this last week. We didn't know gold was gonna soar this week. Well, gold has a still a long way to go. I remember when gold first broke loose after Bretton Woods broke down in 1971 that, uh, you know, if, if gold went up to 100 and back down to 75, oh, it's too late, it's too late, you know. Uh, no, w when you look at the financial conditions with these war wars and the, and, uh, and the deficits we're running up and the, and the weakening of the dollar because of our foreign policy, uh, this uh, is not going to end. For the country, it would be better off if we quit, if we all of a sudden changed our monetary policy, our fiscal policy, our foreign policy, and things would calm down, and you might not have an anticipation that gold's going to double and triple someday again. Uh, but if we keep doing that, that's what's going to happen. Nobody knows where, where it'll end. But we do know it'll continue to go down. Since, uh, since Bretton Woods, uh, you, you know, failed, Gold is got gold is uh, the dollar has lost 98 percent of its value uh, to go gold, so it's a mess. And this the conditions right now are such that people should because the more people who are protected understand what's going on and understanding why you, you know the deficits are out of control. You know 34 trillion dollars. Uh, the deficit went up uh, over 50 percent uh, uh, just this December. So. It's still going, it's not stopping. And there's no signs, although there's a growing resistance to what we're doing, there's no sign that we're about to uh, change our foreign policy and uh, adapt to the uh, advice that the founders gave us and have a non-interventionist foreign policy. Stay out of uh, the internal affairs of other nations. And also uh, have as much free trade and trade with countries, the better. Those, those uh, uh, positions are well known, and there's a lot of people endorse them, but uh, right up until now, so far, the deep state and the military industrial complex have been able to manage things over and above even the people who are claiming to be in charge you know, of our government. But uh, in this recent episode of Escalation, one of the biggest beefs, and uh, we want to talk a little bit more about that, Chris, and that is, 
we, we do these things, we have done these things, and we did this, this escalation, because it was a major step where we really, <coughs> literally, uh, started attacking directly Iran and, uh, the, the Iranians. So I, I would say this is uh, very, very important, but they didn't even bother getting permission from Congress, let alone a declaration of war. So that's really where the problem, so the, the Constitution, unfortunately, has failed us in the, on the war issue. Since World War II, how many wars have we been involved? We haven't ever declared the war. How much money have we printed against the Constitution? So it's the lack of respect for morality and the lack of respect for our Constitution that uh, we have these problems. And yet, those ideas are alive and well, but we need to make sure more and more people understand that because we do need to replace this attitude that we have an empire and our whole goal is to manage this empire. Chris. Very good, Dr. Paul. Yes, it's very disappointing watching what our government does. It is completely unconstitutional. Uh, and it's, it's so important. Our founders, you know, they got a lot of things right. One of them is why Congress has to declare war. And the obvious reason is because nothing that the government does affects us more than war, more painfully. How many of us have grown up with grandparents and uncles that have been in war, whether it be the World Wars or Vietnam or even more recently in Afghanistan and Iraq? what it does to families, the PTSD, losing loved ones, and, and also the money that we've just totally wasted. And we're watching prices go up, our standards of living go down, the value of the dollar is worth much, much, much less than before these wars. So the purpose of Congress declaring war is we are supposed to, the people, have representatives. And they're supposed to understand their constituencies whether or not we want to go to war. And they're supposed to put their name on the line. Yes, my people want to go to war. And that reflects one thing. A, it puts their name on the line. And B, it reflects that the public is, at least believes that war is necessary. And most importantly, the public is willing to sacrifice what is ahead, you know, because war is, is nasty. And what do we have today? All of that is just thrown out the window. You have a tiny, tiny group of people that just go to war. And we, you know, you read about it in social media. You see the videos. And the worst part is Congress is in the same boat. They're probably reading, but do they even know what's going on? A few of them are complaining that, hey, we didn't declare war in Yemen. Uh, you know, so we have all, us and our representatives, been relegated to the sidelines. We're mere spectators. And our lives, our freedom, our money, our liberty is all being put into severe danger by a, uh, a, a, a few people. And that is just absolutely wrong. You know, <clears throat> we are looking at so many current events and looking at all the problems. But I can't help but always go back to think of, well, how did this thing ever get started? Why, why are we so antagonistic to Iran? Did they come over here and start bombing us or whatever? Some people think so. Some people think that not the Iranians, but the, uh, uh, the, the people in Iraq, which was a fallacy. They believe it was Iraq responsible for 9-11. But anyway, before that, uh, in 1953, there was an elected leader in Iran, and uh, he was standing up for the Iranians because the British and the United States was going in there and they wanted control of the oil in Iran. So, so we participated with the Brits 
in, in a coup, and we threw out the leader. And believe me, we've had problems ever since, and it's accelerating. And, and I always say Americans never remember anything, but many people are around us, our enemies, never forget anything. Believe me, and they remember what happens and what's, what's going on. So we've been, we've been doing this stuff for a long, long time, and uh, then we had this uh, reaction to it. They, uh, that, that was it, that whole idea of how we have treated you, you know, the, the Muslim world and, and, uh, and, and especially Iran uh, has had led, to, led to, you know, uh, that serious crisis with 9-11, which is very questionable and whether or not it's been investigated properly and all this thing. But uh, during that time, they asked bin Laden, who sort of claimed he, he was the or he wanted all the credit. And some people challenged him on that about whether he was a real challenger or wanted the credit. But anyway, uh, he explained why why the uh, terrorists that came over and did the destruction that they did uh, did on on uh, on the towers that they knocked down and and all, all the nonsense that's been going on, uh, but when he somebody did an interview on him and they said why why do you people come over here and do this we're innocent we're the good guys and they said well there's uh, Bin Laden listed three reasons. He says, this is, this is the old news, not new news. Oh, we've been bombing, you know, Iraq for all this time. You know, it was in the Middle East and wars under Bush. And we bombed them to smithereens. And they, they said they got so sick and tired of it. Then also, another reason they said that they were expressing themselves against us was that, uh, that they, uh, we, we insisted and was working with the Saudis and actually attempted to put U.S. troops on the peninsula, which was an aggravation to their religious belief, and that was another reason that they were very aggravated. And uh, the other reason, uh, ironically or understandably, it was that uh, we, uh, in, in diplomacy, we were always favoring the Palestinians over the Israelis. And I think, well, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So those are those still exist. And here, here we have, you know, this uh, uh, this whole whole effort to, uh, you know, satisfy everybody. And we go in there, and then uh, then it gets violent, and there's killing, and then it gets out of hand, and uh, then there's retaliation, and that's what's going on now. And uh, there were attempts to have. Uh, you know, some negotiations and move toward peace uh, with the Iranians. And it was rejected because, oh, if you do that, and I was on the receiving of, end of this sometimes, oh, you, that, that means you, you love the enemy, you're unpatriotic, you don't like America, and, and that sort of thing. Just to be able to talk, talk maybe before you fight. And uh, maybe talk to your members of Congress before you go and fight. That would be a pretty good idea because right now the American people are catching up with what Congress allowed to happen, in the, whether it's the Middle East or whether it's in Ukraine. And they're trying to say now enough is enough. Quit spending this money and we're sick and tired of what's going on. And today was a day of escalation and it's not going to be turned off easily. You know, maybe tomorrow, the next day, we might know. Maybe it'll calm down. Maybe it won't be quite as bad as it could be, but it could escalate rather rapidly. More and more people will, will get involved, and that will be not good for not only the United States and American citizens, but for the whole world.
Chris? Exactly, uh, Dr. Paul. And yeah, uh, as I'm reading the ridiculous excuses that, oh, the U.S. Is, has to keep the international shipping lanes open. Well, who, A, who gave you that job? Uh, the, the whole world gave you, you, you keep the shipping lanes open. That's code for we, we want to control the seas. And the shipping lanes are open. The Houthis were attacking ships that were going to Israel. Other ships were going through. Okay, and that's Israel's issue. That's we're not Israel. We're the United States. But this whole idea of U.S. keeping uh, shipping lanes open uh, to me is nonsense. You know, the U.S. is not a uh, a private escort service for private corporations that want to ship their goods. You know, uh, they're, that's not the job of the U.S. government. In the same sense that it's not a job for them uh, for a private individual. Let's say you want to travel an hour from your house and it would be much quicker if you could just drive through this neighborhood but this neighborhood is bad everybody knows to stay away from it so you go around and it's a lot longer but uh that's what you have to do but what if you say oh no i'm gonna go to the government and say uh yes mr police i would like a private escort motorcade to get me through this because i'll get to my destination faster they would hang up on you that's not their job they would tell you hey travel at your own risk so what we have, it's the same crony corporate stuff, you know, where these, the government is, quote unquote, acting as the, you know, keeping the shipping lanes open. That's nonsense. Uh, you know, it's, it's just one more area where government should not be involved. Good. You know, the um, effort to get the ships uh, up, up to uh, near Israel and also for the Gaza. As a matter of fact, that's the purpose of the, of the shipping so much is trying to, uh, people who are sympathetic uh, with the Palestinians and the tragedy that they're facing right now and uh, the, the starvation and all the rest. Just these ships were you know, heading to Gaza to try to get some help. And that, that is uh, why, why these ships were you know, being you know, resented and they were going to be stopped. And that's why they had to go after, you know, the, uh, the, the Houthis in, in, in Yemen. And uh, so that's, that's how it got. But, but, but so we're still where we were many decades ago. It has to do with, you know, this triangle, United States, you know, the Palestinians and Israel. And uh, they say, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to support the Palestinians or are you going to support Israel? If you don't do what we think, uh, you know, and now the division is getting sharper and sharper. And it's so rarely, Chris, do they suggest and maybe look to our suggestion. Well, why do you have to pick? Why don't you pick and say, we'll help both. We want to get along with both. We want to trade with both. We want peace with both. Instead of saying, well, you have to pick between the two and you have to be involved. But it falls into the trap that the big, the people, the, the deep state, have, they're the managers of the empire. And they're, they're saying that, no, you can't do it. We have to have this atmosphere of the empire. But if you look at our spending, our finances and our debt, and what's going on with our foreign policy, and we, we don't even know where the defense secretary is right now and what's going on. It is totally chaotic. And guess what that does? That knocks down the value of the dollar. The reserve currency of the world uh, is being challenged. And uh, so this is leading to the, you know, the downfall eventually, 
you know, of the empire. And I, that's not an astounding prediction because I'm not saying it's next month or next year, but that's the way, that's the way it works so throughout all of history. There's been quite a few reserve currencies of the world. And then they get too big for their britches and they want too much power and, uh, and they stretch, they outreach too far. And that certainly has been the case. It, was cert, it certainly was the case with the Soviets, what they did. And it just folded. I'm just hoping when we just fold, it's as benignly as it was when the uh, Soviets collapsed because when, when we were worried about it more and I was drafted in the 60s, there, there was true concern. What are we going to do? Are they going to start using nuclear weapons against each other? So I thought it was a, like a miracle that it ended, but I thought the miracle was, was damaged by after that, you know, we never got the real peace dividend and we're back at it now bashing these countries same uh, the same thing with China and Russia what would what, what we do, do we're the we're, we're the chief uh, architect of, of the world empire so what we do now is if you don't be obey you have two choices you have uh, you have uh, do what we tell you it will give you money if you don't do what we tell you we're gonna bomb you and that's been our foreign policy it doesn't work it leads to hatred directed toward us it leads to the expansion of these wars and to our bankruptcy and it takes a lot of waking up but i think that's where we are today i think more and more people are waking up so chris let's hope and pray that we can help and participate in that positive project chris excellent dr paul i'll finish up with my closing statements absolutely Americans need to speak up uh, as best you can. Social media, call your congressman, write your congressman. They need to know. They do pay attention. They do care about their jobs. But if nobody bothers them, they're not going to bother. Uh, because we are now inching our way into terrible wars against, uh, you know, to where it's not going to be the point, oh, it's just another one, you know, this has been going on for so long now. No, we're now inching towards people that can harm us. It's, it's not a David Goliath, it's Goliath versus Goliath. And we've had a lot of, you know, wars where you, you go into countries where they militarily can't harm you. But we're now, you know, if you get into with Iran, Russia, China, now you're into big problems and we can be harmed right here, right as where I'm sitting, I could be put into harm. You know, and that is something that we're not used to, but we have to be aware of what's happening out there. And we're dealing with people that are not, you know, death is a, a, a big, uh, you know, it's, it's, it scares you. But we're dealing with people that are not afraid to die. When they're defending their land, their countries, and we don't have that here. We, if I went outside and say, hey, you want to go to Ukraine and go fight for them or Taiwan or Israel or anywhere else, they'd be saying no. You know, but if, if, if we were in actual danger, people would fight. But this is not what is happening. Our country is being used around the world uh, against enemies that we don't have to have. So it's very important to speak out against this. We should not, we can avoid it if we, you know, do the right things, but it's going to take a significant effort. Excellent. You know, right now there's plans being made to uh, have uh, a program after the fighting settles down a little bit. And I don't think that's going to be tomorrow or the next day, but they're always saying, well, the war is going to eventually end because of exhaustion and it will end. 
But because uh, our wealth and our interference and our belief that we're obligated to do it, our, our involvement will continue. Just like, uh, just like we fought that long, long war in the Middle East in Iraq, and then all of a sudden we know that we have dozens and dozens of places over there lopping w bombs into the surrounding areas and we've remained engaged. The, the war, they don't, it doesn't end. But it will end when the people get exhausted and they run out of money, they run out of wealth, and we're uh, approaching that. But some of the things that they're planning and talking about is like immigration. Uh, that uh, you, you know, there are some that believe that uh, there should be always unlimited immigration for various political reasons and whatnot into the United States, and it's going on, and it's it's devastating to our policy. They don't base it on the principles of private property and what law says. They just say, "Come on, we're not going to tell you." And it just the other day they were kicking kids out of their their high school because they had to find more places for the illegal immigrants to stay. So these are American citizens and the kids in school thrown up. So. That, that is, that's going to end because people are sick and, sick and tired of it. Uh, but the, the other thing is, is uh, when, when this happens, they want to bring in immigrants. But the other thing is there are the corporations, the uh, individuals who made a lot of money in the same vein, made money bombing and killing and running the war on the, uh, on the uh, military industrial complex. But there will be another group and, it, and it'll be mixed ownership. Now they say, well, who's going to rebuild it? Well, we'll we rebuild it. We're the richest and we can just print the money and it'll last forever. So we're lining up. We want to help rebuild. We want to be humanitarian and build some houses. I mean, and, and, no, and nobody says, <clears throat> well, did you, uh, we didn't do it. They'll say the United States didn't do it. But policy, our policy and our money had a lot to do with it, and we can't duck the, res the responsibility. But they'll come in, even if there was a lull in the bombs dropping, and there was a building being, uh, you know, a rebuilding done, it will be, be, be by somebody who's lining up, making a contract, instead of just saying, you know, let's get out of the way. I think people, uh, individuals and local communities and governments and countries, uh, people should be left alone to solve their problems. But when you get involved, the bigger the, the, bigger the group, the, the more complications we have. And that's why globalism uh, is such an outrageous idea. If it really moved us toward peace, that would be a different story. But it doesn't do it. What was the first thing that the United Nations did when, when, when they uh, came into existence? First thing we did was we fought an unconstitutional and declared war in Korea because the UN said it was okay. And then, mm -hmm. then also they realigned, they drew their lines in the Middle East again, which we're still suffering from, you know, because they, they became artificial. The UN drew these lines. So that we have to get ourselves to thinking that the, that, the, that the globalist approach uh, is not worth a hang. Individualism, allowing people their freedom, and allow them to do whatever they want with their lives and their money as long as they don't hurt or steal from people. But wouldn't it be neat if we had a government didn't lie or steal from the people? What, what a bit of prosperity that would burst out if we had that. That's working for that. That's worth for those results. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.